Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Are you well this morning? Great to see you here this morning. So glad you could be with us on this auspicious day, this fantastic day, Baptism Sunday. I want to give a special welcome maybe to the, uh, uh, particularly the friends and family of those who are being baptised. Um, I, I got a bit of a front row seat being able to sit over there and have a look and see everybody getting baptised. It's a special day in people's lives, you know. I just want to encourage us as the church just to never take it for granted what it is that we get to witness on a, uh, well, every now and then basis, but get to see in, in, in the lives of people and even just... I don't know if you've got to see it on the, uh, on the screen, but even just being up close and seeing how uh, some of those young people were just really impacted by God as they were going through the waters of baptism and making that declaration to follow Jesus all the days of their lives. You know, Baptism Sunday is an exciting day. Let me just pull back the curtain a little bit for you uh, in regard to uh, uh, something like Baptism Sunday. Sometimes days like today for the preacher can be a little bit of a challenging day. It can be a little bit tricky and the reason for that is because at least on the inside there's this constant internal pressure to somehow communicate ancient truths in a fresh way. To communicate the truths that we, we, uh, we all know and, and, and to somehow do them justice in such a way that it's communicated that we are able to take the, the core of what it is that, that is happening here and apply it to our own lives, somehow keep that fresh. And sometimes in my uh, earlier years, as I grew up as a young preacher, I, I found myself wrestling with the temptation between communicating those truths and, and, and doing that in a way that kind of people understood, at the same time just entertaining people. And there was this battle between the two just to try and keep people's attention for enough to be able to say, hey, listen, there's something really powerful going on here. It was something I wrestled with as a young preacher. But there were some things that happened uh, and one instance in particular that was a turning point for me that kind of broke me free from, uh, from that, uh, that, that wrestle. And I want to share that with you this morning. It happened probably around oh, a number of years ago now when Sarah and I were, were uh, running a church in Brisbane. And we went to visit a, a, a couple uh, who had been in our church for a couple of years, but they'd been in the church. They'd grown up in church. They'd been in the church for, for all of their life pretty much. And uh, the reason that I went to visit them is because they, they called me and said, look, we want to just have a chat with you about the upcoming baptism service. And they wanted to complain about having baptisms in the service. I know. That's what I thought too. Sure, this is going to be a good and godly use of my time, but I'm going to go anyway. And so their difficulty was, their suggestion was, hey, look, instead of having it in the service like we've just done today, can't you kind of have a normal service and then have it after the service? And those who really care could be there. It's like, oh, wow, okay. No, really, tell me what you really think. And the concern was that, you know, it, 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 like we do baptisms in worship and so it interrupts my worship. And, and, and then when you preach, you normally preach about baptism, like on a baptism Sunday, go figure. You normally preach about baptism. And so like, you know, I, I got baptised years ago. I've been in the church forever. I know about baptism. It's, it's almost a wasted Sunday for me. 
And as I'm sitting in the chair, I'm kind of a little bit like dumbfounded at, at the fact that, that what they're saying. And, and I came away from that meeting. We talked it through a little bit, but I came away from that meeting really disturbed, like just really disappointed, but just kind of cut on the inside for numbers of reasons. Not the least of which, if you, know, if you can't get excited about what we just saw, about a group of people who are saying, publicly declaring, oh, I want to I live my life for Jesus all the days of my life. If you can't get excited about that, either your excitement is broken or you have no idea what baptism really means or you need to do a Christianity check. Just one of those three things. And so that disturbed me. But from a preacher's perspective, it just kind of made me realise, it actually made me start to think a little bit more broadly than that, more broadly than just baptism, because this is something that impacts well beyond just baptisms. I don't know if you've noticed, but in church life, we do certain things on a regular basis. And so for me, as I was kind of thinking about this, the question extended beyond baptism, because, because Christmas comes every year. And you've probably noticed if you've been to more than one Christmas service, the message is pretty much the same every year, huh? You've probably noticed at Easter time, you know what? We always talk about Jesus dying on the cross on Good Friday. (laughs) Isn't that funny? (laughs) Communion, we do that every month. It comes around. It just rolls around every month. We've got it in another few weeks' time. just, Just last week we had communion. And the message is basically the same. And it made me wonder, it made me question, it made me, how do I communicate these truths in such a way that it actually means something to people who have probably seen dozens of baptisms, hundreds of communions, scores of Christmases and Easter's. How do you communicate it in such a way that makes it, that does justice to it, that takes timeless truths and makes them fresh? See, one of the things I realised was at times we just kind of gloss over the foundational truths because we learnt them so long ago. For many of us, not all of us, some of us have just learnt them recently and they're quite powerful and then a revelation to you. But for many of us who have been in church life for some time, we've learnt them when we were young, when we were kids. We, we learnt them in Sunday school. And, and I mean, they're foundational truths. And you know what? I, I just... It's not that they're not important, but come on, give me the meat of the word. I want, I want something more than that. And so we gloss over the, these foundational truths. But can I suggest to you that the fact that these truths are so foundational, they are at the core of your faith. They are at the core of Christianity. Your Christianity would not even be if it wasn't for Christmas, if it wasn't for Easter, if it wasn't for baptism, if it wasn't for what we celebrate in communion. Can I suggest that because of the foundational nature of what it is that we've just seen and what it is that we look at, it's for that very reason that we need to be constantly reminded of what it is that God's trying to say to us out of these things. In fact, I would go a little bit further than that and say that God intentionally instituted specific customs and specific remembrances because He knows us better than we do. 
And he knows that we forget stuff. He knows that we take things for granted. He knows that we become familiar with stuff. And he knew that unless we were constantly reminded, Jesus said at the Last Supper, do this in remembrance of me. What, we forget Jesus? Are we really going to forget Jesus? We're not going to forget you, Jesus. Yeah, but you are not going to remember the power of what it is that's happened. And I'm giving you something that will remind you. Jesus does it for our benefit. Puts these things in place. I would go so far as to say that it's when we don't have a fresh revelation of what it is that we've seen here. It's when we don't have that fresh revelation of the truths that are being conveyed. That's when we become familiar with the ceremony that has been instituted. We don't have a fresh revelation of it, so it's just a bunch of people getting wet. But it's not. It's far more than that. It doesn't matter whether it's communion, whether it's Christmas, whether it's baptism. We need to get a fresh revelation of what it is that God is trying to say to us. So this morning, I wanted to take a few minutes just to let you know why what we have seen here this morning is so important to you. Whether you know the people who are going through the waters of baptism or you don't. Whether you've been a Christian for seven days or 70 years or maybe you're in this place or you're, or you're watching on the live stream and you would not lay claim to being a follower of Jesus. Maybe you don't know God. It doesn't matter either way. Let me tell you today why it is that what we've seen today is so important to each and every one of us. Because whoever you are and whatever your relationship with God, even if you don't have one, what we celebrate in baptism can change your life and in fact was intended to. Let me explain why. Baptism is a symbol. And like all symbols, it represents something. Like all symbols, it actually speaks a message. And baptism represents a message that God is trying to communicate to you today. He's trying to communicate it every time you see it. When we see people getting baptised... It's like God is taking a huge visual megaphone and He is trying to speak to, to you specifically, into your heart about certain things. And it works. God takes a megaphone through baptism to speak His message into our heart. He takes a, a megaphone to speak something so loudly, so clearly, in fact, so visually, that it will enter the core of your being and change the way you think, change the way you act, and even change the way you relate to the people around you, the way you relate to yourself, the way you relate to God. This is God's intent. So what is it that God is trying to communicate to you today through baptism? I'm so glad you asked that question. The first thing that God is trying to communicate in baptism, God is telling us that we have died to our old life. Come on. We've died to our old life. Now, if you're not used to that kind of language, if you haven't been in church life for a little while, instead of clapping, you're thinking, oh, that sounds a bit dark, doesn't it? Like we died to our old life. Isn't there a happier way to start this message? Well, let me tell you, it may sound a bit dark, but it's actually not. It's actually a foundational truth of our Christianity that is very life-giving 
and very releasing. It actually brings a lot of freedom. Have you ever found yourself in a place where maybe there was a habit that you had that you just felt like you could never break? Anybody ever been in that position before? Couple? Yeah, there's two or three of us. The rest of you have your arms painted on. That's awesome. Ever found yourself in that place where there's, there's things that you, that you do that you think to yourself, oh, why do I keep doing that? Why do I keep, keep falling into that, that trap? Why do I? Or maybe there's things that you say and you walk away every time you think, oh, I just wish I could keep my mouth shut. I wish I, I just wouldn't be baited by that. Anybody ever been in that space? Come on, it's human, it's life. People just know how to press your buttons. It's fantastic. Maybe you get angry at the drop of a hat. Maybe you just, like something happens, you just, you just have an outburst of anger. It's something that, that you feel like you almost can't control. Or you say things that you know you shouldn't and you regret them. Even while you're saying them, you're thinking to yourself, what am I doing? Stop. Maybe you're a perfectionist. And every time you don't quite make it to that unattainable standard that you have set for yourself, you beat yourself up. Oh, I'm just oh, I'm so useless. Why can't I do this? Maybe it's relationships from the past that, that hurt you, that, have, that haunt you, that, that stop you from relating in the way that you really want to now, moving into the future. When people go under the water in baptism, it's, it is a declaration on their part. But can I say it's a reminder to every single one of us. It's a reminder to you. It's a reminder to me that because Jesus died for us, because he was buried, we now are dead and buried to our old life. In other words, we are dead and buried to our old habits. We are dead and buried to those things that once bound us. We are dead and buried to those things that we feel like we can't even break out of. We are dead and buried to the things that we feel like we're a slave to. We're dead to those things. They no longer have the power to control us. That's good news. That's very good news. Now, for some of us, I know, we're sitting here and we're thinking to ourselves, well, if I'm dead and buried to that stuff, why is it that I just keep living in it? Why is it that it seems it still has a hold on me? I know that's what you feel. I get that. And so does God. And that's why He gave us baptism. To remind us, I know you feel that way, but the truth, because we don't, what we feel is not always the truth. Come on. I know you feel that way, but the truth is you are actually dead to that stuff and you don't have to be bound by that stuff and no longer does it have to control your life anymore. You are dead to those temptations that would always seem to overtake you. You don't have to be bound by them. We are dead to sin, the Bible says. We're dead to the wrongdoing that used to control our lives. Romans chapter 6, verse 2 to 4 puts it like this. For sin's power over us was broken when we became Christians and were baptised to become a part of Jesus Christ. Through His death, the power of your sinful nature was shattered like a brick through a plate glass window. The power of that nature shattered Your old sin-loving nature was buried with him by baptism when he died. Verse 11 goes on to say, So look upon your old sin nature as dead and unresponsive to sin. We're dead to sin. 
We're dead to those habits. We're dead to those things that bind us up. No longer having to be controlled by it. Now, those things can only control us when we allow them to control us. I know it doesn't feel like that sometimes, but that's the truth of what it is baptism is speaking into our life today. Imagine that. Not having that gnawing feeling of hurt towards that other person that said that thing about you or did that thing towards you. Imagine for a second just that sense of wholeness and cleanness because you don't keep falling. No, no feelings of guilt, no feelings of, 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 of being trapped because you don't keep falling into that thing that just seems to be a trap. A life that is free from the things that, that bind us up, that chain us up, those sin and that, those bad habits. And in baptism, God is taking a megaphone and he is with everything he has, trying to yell to us, trying to scream it from the rooftops. You don't have to be bound by your past anymore. It's a visual megaphone. And he's crying out to us that we don't have to be bound. The second thing in baptism that he is crying out to us, the megaphone of baptism, is he's telling us not only do you not have to be bound by that, you can now rise to a new life. You can, it's not just, hey, you know what, we, I don't know if you noticed, we didn't stick them under the water and leave them there. We didn't hold them down until they stopped moving. That's not what happened. We might have died to sin, but thank God we've risen to a new life. Which is far better than just, oh great, I'm not controlled by stuff. So what? I mean, that's great, don't get me wrong. But what are you going to do with that? And so, so Jesus says to us that, look, even better than being, no longer being chained, no longer being bound, no longer being, being stuck by our wrongdoing, we're now told that this new life with God that we have is marked as a life filled with grace. A life filled with with his love. Jesus said, he called it abundant life, like life over and above anything you've ever experienced. It's a fresh start. You know, a number of years, well, many years, probably about 22, just over 22 years ago now, I was standing in the birthing suite of the uh, Adelaide Women's and Children's Hospital. It wasn't a random birthing suite. I didn't just turn up to somebody's place and just, you know, kind of walk into the birthing suite. It's okay. I know. Some of you are wondering. I was in the birthing suite. My daughter had just been born moments before. And I very distinctly remember holding her in my arms and I'm standing at the window. We're on the, like the third or fourth floor. And you could just, the view of the, the just the verdant green hills of Adelaide. Like this is a, it's something beautiful about the hills of Adelaide. And they were just bathed in this golden uh, hue from, from a, a late February setting sun. It was, just an, it was just a beautiful sight. It just looked so alive and so fresh. And I'm standing there with my daughter in my arms and I look at her. I still remember, distinctly remember looking at her. Just such, it's, I was so recognised, new life. And, the, and the, the room was filled with that sense of new life. And I looked at her and I said to her, you can be anything you want to be. Nobody has written a negative word on the blackboard of your life. Yes, kids, we had blackboards in schools, not whiteboards. Nobody has written a negative word on the blackboard of your life. And I'm going to do everything I can to make sure they don't. 
And I promise you, I can remember saying this to her, I promise you that everything I write onto that blackboard of your life is going to affirm you and encourage you that you can be everything that God has called you to be. Everything He's called you to be. I knew that it was a fresh start. It was a new beginning. It was new life. Baptism reminds us that we don't just make a break from the things of the past. We don't just make a break from things that bind us up. We don't just make a break from those things that seem to be changed. More than that, more than that, we get a fresh start. We get a new new beginning. It's like you can be born all over again. (gasps) Wait a minute. Didn't Jesus say something about being born again? Yes, that's exactly what He was meaning. That you get a totally fresh start. A clean slate from right now. Baptism reminds us of that. In Romans 6, the Message Bible puts the second half of verse like this. When we come up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life in a new land. Verse 4 goes on, when we are raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace-sovereign country. We get to live a life not not characterised by small-mindedness, not characterised by hurt, We get to live a life not bound by self-focus or self-interest. But instead, we become a new creation. Someone who can live a bigger life, a more generous life, a kinder life, a more loving life, a more joyful life. We get to live a liberated, free life, a life full of grace. Grace towards others, grace towards ourselves. Once again, in baptism, God picks up His megaphone. And he begins to cry out to us, you get a fresh start. Come and see a fresh start I want to give you. He takes the megaphone of baptism and declares a fresh start over our lives. The last one. In baptism, God tells us, I love this. We're part of a new family. I love that. Look, I love my family. I love my my brothers, my, my mum and dad have have died numbers of years ago, but I still love seeing my brothers and going there and seeing their family. It's, it's a new family, not in the sense that you leave your old family. It's a new family, not, not so much that, well, you know, you're part of the family, you're going to cut off your, cut off your, your natural family. It's, it's not like that. Baptism is the symbol of a doorway to the new family in the same way that, say, marriage is. I don't know if you've ever been to a wedding and, and at, the, at the wedding uh, the um Reception afterwards, the father of the bride gets up to speak. And the father of the bride says, uh, you know, does his speech. And, and look, I, I watch the father of the bride now because I'm going to be the father of the bride one day. Okay, that's, that's, like, that's what's going to happen. And so when, I, when I'm doing weddings and I see them coming down the aisle, I just get a tear in my eye as I watch the father of the bride come down the aisle. It's like, you poor man, you're letting her go, really? It's not too late. Take her and run. I empathise with the father of the bride. But you'll see the father of the bride turn to the groom and say to him, son, welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. And he's not saying you can't talk to your parents anymore. He's not saying you can't, you can't uh, 
uh, talk to your family or your brothers. He's saying, you're part of this family too now. You, are, you know what? We love you. We've got your back. We care for you. You are part of this family. You will never have to walk alone through the, through the trials and through the triumphs. We're always going to be there for you. You're always part of this family. You are special to us. You mean something to us. And we are here for you. It's family. It's family. In the same way, when we come into a relationship with God, when we ask Jesus into our life, it means we become part of the family of God. We're brothers and sisters. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13 says, Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we've all been baptised into one body by one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. The verse is saying it doesn't matter what culture you come from. It doesn't matter what ethnicity, it doesn't matter what nationality. It doesn't matter your social status. It doesn't matter your employment status. Doesn't matter what suburb you live in, it, does, it actually doesn't make any difference. If you've given your life to Jesus, baptism reminds us that we are all part of one body, one family the body of Christ, the family of God, the church. That's what he was talking about. That we are all part of family. When we see people get baptized, it reminds us we never have to walk alone through those trials and through those triumphs. There's always somebody there with us. Baptism reminds us that we have the ability, in fact, I would say more than that, the responsibility to connect, to connect with each other, to engage with one another as family is supposed to do. Paul explains it like a human body. He says that even though you might be different to the person next to you, just like a finger is different to the hand and the hand is different to the wrist, which is different to the forearm, which is different to the elbow. The different parts of the body, they're all different, but they're right next to each other. You might be different to the person next to you. You know what? That's fantastic. We celebrate the differences. We don't lament them. Because it's in the difference that we can be united. It's in the difference that we grow and we change and we connect with one another in a way that shifts who we are and makes us more like Jesus. It's in the difference. We should be, Paul is saying, like that human body, interdependent on each other, connected with one another, working together, engaging in a healthy way with each other. If your finger said, I don't want to be part of this anymore, I don't want to be connected to the hand. You know, like he's a bit of a bore. I don't like the hand very much. So I don't want to be connected to the hand. And your finger decided it didn't want to be connected anymore. Blood flow stops. What happened to that finger? it would eventually die. It would go gangrenous and eventually would probably poison the rest of the body. In the same way, just like that body, if you cut connection with the parts of the body that God, the Bible says He places us, the Holy Spirit places us where He wills. If you cut connection with those parts of the body that God is intentionally placing you next to, somewhere something unhealthy happens. And it can be damaging to you and it can be damaging to the whole body. God's expectation is that we would engage with one another in a healthy way. And in doing so, create a healthy environment for the whole body. Baptism tells us you are part of family. It reminds us you're not called to do church alone. We're called to relate to the people around us. 
That's why I'd say get into a connect group. Get into a serving team. Get into something that forces you to connect with people that you might not know so well. Get into some, some way, gets you into a place where you actually have to talk to somebody and introduce yourself and get to know them. Into a space where you relate to the other members of the body. Because in doing so, that's what provides sustenance to you and sustenance through you. In baptism, God takes his megaphone and he calls out to everybody. You're part of the family now. You're part of the family now. Come and be part of the family. It's God's call to us. That we are the family of God. Baptism is a powerful symbol. It's a message that God shouts to us. He shouts it as loudly and as clearly. And for those of us who don't hear so well, He even shouts it visually. It's a message to all of us that we don't need to be bound by our old and selfish nature. It's a message to all of us that that He's given us a fresh start, a new life starting right now. It's a message to all of us that we are the family of God and need to connect and relate in healthy community. Can I encourage you? I'm going to close in just a second, but can I just encourage you, whenever you see one of those cyclical uh, events in the life of the church, maybe it's Christmas, maybe it's Easter, maybe it's communion, maybe it's baptism, maybe it's join the team, maybe it's Connect Stronger Sunday, whatever it is, those, those significant cyclical events in the life of the church, can I encourage you, rather than, oh yeah, that's foundational, I know that. Yeah, 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 I know that. Can I encourage you to stop and ask yourself, or even better, ask the Holy Spirit, what is it that you are trying to say to me out of what it is that I'm seeing in front of me right now? What is the message that you have for me? What do I need to shift? What do I need to change? What do I need to do? That you would take the time to say this over and over and over again, three, four times a year, once a month, every year at the same time. What is it that you are trying to say to me that I really need to know that you would institute it to be something that happens over and over again? Can I encourage you just to take some time when we see those things to ask that question Allow God to speak to you and then begin to apply it into your circumstance. I'll guarantee you this. Through all of these things, He is trying to reveal His love to you in a fresh way through some ancient truths. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.